Um, so, so much for the bi-weekly thing. <laughs> well, we can try again after this. We can try to, yeah, I guess we can just try to reset and just keep going. This is fine. I think as long as it's like we just don't stop altogether, it'll be fine. Dude, the only person I can confirm <laughs> who listens to this show anyway is dad. So. I, I've been kind of paying attention to like. And I, this is probably just an OCD thing for me. I, I don't know why, but I'm checking like where all our listeners are from. Yeah. We actually have quite a bit of like um, international listeners. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, their first, obviously the most, most of the listeners come from Merced because that's where we are. Yeah. That's where everyone we know is. Mm-hmm. Um, second, uh, most downloads is coming from Sacramento. And I think that's coming from my coworkers, which I'm kind of surprised by that. Oh, you know <laughs> what? My ex-coworkers. I have a friend from high school who, God, I think she lives in Davis, but she did, she did message me and she said that she was, um, trying to imagine dad with a machete. Um, and then she says that she likes our podcast. So thanks, Megan. If you listen to this. We put so much effort into this. So I'm, much effort. I'm shaking my head. Was like, I, I mean, I put a lot of effort into the editing, but. Well, you definitely do. I kind of just show up, like I say, quite often. And um, I talk into the microphone. You're kind of doing all the work. I do the fun stuff. Honestly, it's like I have a harder time going through the editing than I am just like I spend more way more time in the editing and the setup and the technical stuff with the website and stuff and the RSS feed than I put into the actual content that I put on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm trying my darndest. We know you're trying. <laughs> okay. You're dang darn darnest. I think it's been, what, three weeks since the last recording? Uh, it was your turn to read the intro, right? Sure. Welcome to Hitchhiker's Guide to Horror, a means of informing you of the horrors in our world, whether real or up to speculation. Be it monsters, murders, mysteries, aliens, the paranormal, or local legends, this podcast encompasses all things horror to be presented in a casual setting with a storytelling element. That was pretty good. Uh, Yeah, and there's no Mysterious either. There's no Mysterious. Yeah, I'm Casey. Oh, I'm (laughs) I'm Kaylee. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I am... Hello. I read a couple books to my second graders today, so it just in my brain, I pretended like I was reading to a classroom of children. What kind of books? Um, so every day after lunch, we read two chapters of Magic Treehouse, which, uh, did you read that? Um, I have not read, like, an actual book outside of technical manuals for years. I've Like, even when you were a kid, though? Oh, well, yeah, when I was a kid, I read plenty of books, but yeah, but I, I don't remember that. See, I used to love Magic Treehouse as a kid, and so now I read it to them, and we're on the the sixth book, which is when they go to the Amazon rainforest, and um, I flexed on those kids, and I was like, you know, Miss Cullen went to the Amazon rainforest, and they're like, oh my god, what? Really? No way. And then I showed them pictures. Can you imagine saying that to like a high school class? They're like, cool, you mean you do you, bro? <laughs> if I... Today's high school kids would be like, okay. <laughs> Just like Keat. It would be okay. like Keat. <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah. And then I read another book to my ELD class and we read, um, oh crap. What's the name of the book? It's like the crayons go on strike and then they write letters to the little boy who owns the crayons and it's pretty funny. The whole point of this was saying it just in my brain. I pretended that I was reading a story out loud. 
Oh yeah. Um <laughs> I watched a couple of horror movies since the last recording. Oh boy, which ones did you watch? Did you watch the one that Chloe told you to watch? Oh no, I forgot about that. Uh what, what was it called? I think Marianne. Mar- uh yeah. I'll have to look into it. <laughs> Both of the movies that I did see were on Netflix. Uh one of them was called Choose or Die. Have you seen or heard about that one? No, I can confidently tell you I've not seen any of the movies that you're going to talk about. Okay, cool. Well, it's a good... I mean, it's... They're both okay. They're Netflix horror movies. Like, Netflix horror movies, it's it's actually kind of like... Kind of halfway to, like, feeling like independent films and halfway, like, good. I would say it's good. It's it's okay. It's pretty good. Um, okay. But yeah, Choose or Die, it was an interesting concept. Um, I think it could have been better, but that one was basically, uh, it was a video game that was like, uh, it was like coded with actual curse symbols and it gave the game like supernatural, uh, power or the programmer had control of the game. The programmer had, I guess, supernatural control of the game. And basically for the people that played the game, it's, you have to pick between two options or the game kills you. And the two options are usually pretty gruesome. Um, the other horror movie I saw was called um, Ouija. <laughs> you could take a guess on what that one's about. I think I remember that one being advertised. Like it came out in movie theaters a few years ago, right? Yeah, that was uh, 2016. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's been, it's been around a hot minute. Uh, Ouija was pretty decent. There were actually a couple spots in the movie that kind of freaked me out a little bit. And bear in mind, when I'm watching these movies, no one in my household likes to watch horror movies. I'm the only one that's into this. So I'm like on my computer with my headphones on. So I'm like hearing the volume. And I, I learned that I got to like turn it down because the audio scares me more than the movie itself because it gets loud out of nowhere and that startles me. Yeah. But there are a couple spots when I was looking at the movie and I had the like the screen like a little bit smaller too, but I like glanced over. And when the scary parts came up and there was a scene where like a little girl like led like uh, her sister's boyfriend down to the basement and uh, she, she was saying, hey, there's treasure in the walls here. You should reach in, check it out. And he was he was just reaching. I was like, whatever. And then upstairs, the like the priest is like talking to or the pastor is like talking to the mom uh, um, about like the history of the house and, and the, the, the creepy letters that the or creepy journal that the girl was writing. And then, um, yeah, she was like possessed, but then when it like, it panned back to the basement and he's like reaching to the walls behind him, it was the way the girl was moving. Her head was like cocking to the left and the right and she was like smiling a lot. no. Yeah. She was like a big smile. Her eyes were like, you know, they were like glowing a bit and that was, that, that was just, um, unsettling. Yeah. It wasn't a jump scare. It was just unsettling and that scared me more than the rest of the movie. I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. The, I think I think the better movies will have more unsettling moments than jump scares. Like jump scares are just, I mean, sometimes they're good, but I mean, obviously it's just they're very cliche at this point. Like right. horror movies that don't have very many jump scares, it that can still maintain like a really good horror element to it. I, I have a like a lot more respect for those style movies, the the creepier movies, mm-hmm. the unsettling movies. But yeah, um, anyways, yep. Um, so I guess we should probably just start right. Yeah. You want you want to do yours first, or should I do my first? I forgot how um, we ordered this. I don't remember who. I think I went first last time, but I kind of want to go first this time because I just finished my notes. Hashtag <laughs> procrastination nation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. It's fresh in my mind. Okay. So I have a big topic 
that I had done my best to condense in most condensed way possible. So, Casey, let me tell you a little bit about the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah, we toured that ship. We did on Friday the 13th. Yeah, that was uh, dad's birthday. Yeah. Do you do you remember how we booked those tickets and we were so excited for a night tour? And then right after we bought them, we were like, oh, shit, it's dad's birthday. And then we were like, let's just get him tickets, too, and say it's a birthday gift. A quick question. Are we going to bleep out this episode and throw in some shenanigan words or you want to just... Um, you know what? I actually thought like the bleeping out was pretty funny. Do, do you like the way I did it with the like the whole retro? I did. Retro bleeps. I did. Boop, boop. <laughs> yeah, we can keep going. I'm sorry. That. Go, go ahead. Before I get into this, was there anything like really memorable to you from when we toured? I remember the story of one of the, the power plant uh, guys who got stuck in the door. So, I mean, I, I thought about that one specifically because I was uh, I was a Navy submarine electrician. But uh, there was a there was a guy. Uh, I don't remember what the circumstances were. I will be talking about him. His name is John. Oh, Petter. so okay. So you have that specific story. That's cool. I, I do. His name, yeah, John Petter. What I remembered mostly from that. Do you remember how the tour guide took us to the bow of the ship? Like he was like, "I'm not supposed to take you here, but I'm going to." <laughs> yeah, that guy. I like that tour guy. He was pretty cool. Yeah, that guy was so cool. And he also talked about like all the times he like brought people on for like the whole paranormal like investigating everything that he was talking about. He was into it. He was meant for that job. Oh yeah, he was so good at his job. I wish I remembered his name, but yeah, he was awesome. But I remember he took us down like under to the is it bow or bow of the ship of the ship we'll just google after the fact let's let's, let's just get rolled <laughs> i don't want to sound like a casey's google like the after after end of the show i really should know my like navy I was terms say, like, i think you should know oh is, that's the most forward i think you're like something that was the most stern end of the ship that was what you're referring to right no it was the most forward part okay yeah yeah the bow the bow okay let's get into yeah, it i really should know shame <laughs> ding ding i'll just start by telling you a little bit about the history and then I'll tell you about the spooky stuff, which I mean, some of the history is pretty scary, in my humble opinion. Everything the- is scary in your opinion. <laughs> ha, 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 you're so funny. Shut up, Casey. Okay. So the Queen Mary was built by the Cunard White Star Line, which the White Star Line is the company that made the Titanic. Fun fact. Um, I don't know how fun that is since the Titanic sank. And the Queen Mary's haunted. I don't like the history of the two major ships that I know from this company now. <laughs> yeah, one sank really bad. The other one had tens of thousands of soldiers and people dying, and so it's haunted. Yeah, it's a good look on them. Another just little fact for you: the Queen Mary's two times the size of the Titanic. Yeah, okay. okay. I, I mean, I <laughs> could see that. I mean, the, the Titanic's just a cruise ship. So, I mean, yeah, Queen, but it Queen was Mary the largest was... ship in the world. But of course, that was in 1912. So, and the Queen Mary was built in 1936. So, on May 27th, 1936, the Queen Mary embarked on her maiden voyage from Southampton, England. Some of the amenities on the ship included five dining areas and lounges, two cocktail bars, two swimming pools. A you grand- can't have a military ship without a cocktail bar. No, you can't. I, I really wish we still had those. I know you guys like your the British ships. Drinks. I'm pretty sure still have them. The Brit, the um, I, when I was in Hawaii, actually, uh, the, we had a we had a ship parked next to us, and they had a bar on their ship. And I'm just like, why can't we have that? Lucky, like, well, why 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 do the British get to be cool like that? The U.S. needs stuff like that. Well, to be fair, the Queen Mary was built by a British 
shift. Oh, there company. you go. That's, that's yeah. your answer right there. Because like, America doesn't make anything cool. Well, America was, will take something and make it lame. I mean, as far as the military goes. It wasn't built, though, to be a military ship. It was built to be a cruise ship. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So a grand ballroom, libraries, like a, a tennis court, beauty salon. There was a tennis court? Yeah. I must have forgotten about that. Well, or did they, what, did they show it to us? No. Was that on the, like, the... The top of the ship, or is it like like an indoor gym? Okay, here's the thing. Okay, so it was built to be a cruise ship. Then it got turned into a military ship, and that's when it was completely gutted. And then when they redid it after World War II, they like put new things in there. So I don't know if like the tennis court uh, is st- okay. Someone said squash court. I don't know what squash is, <laughs> but <laughs> it's 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 uh, <laughs> behind our time. <laughs> But it's not, I don't know, maybe they just didn't show it to us because there's nothing interesting to see there. We went there for a ghost tour. Or maybe it's just not there anymore. But anyways, so I had a ton of amenities. Um, and basically, it just, all the Queen Mary did was make transatlantic voyages um, for the next few years. And this was like the preferred method of travel. But also now I'm thinking about it. And in 1936, is there literally any other way to go from England to the U.S.? without sailing that's a rhetorical question the answer is no so of course it's gonna be the preferred method yeah you gotta, you gotta tell me that because i started thinking <laughs> planes weren't weren't invented well commercial planes weren't a thing for decades later um so celebrities royalty and politicians rode the queen mary and the queen mary actually set a new speed record which she held for 14 years so all was fine and dandy for three years. And then in 1939, we get to the start of World War II. And that's when she docked in New York City. Um, and she was then painted gray. She was gutted and then transformed into a troop ship. It was a transport. Yes. And she was actually called the Gray Ghost because of the color she was and how fast. I am just now remembering that name. Yeah. I forgot about that. So here's one thing that I remember very clearly from the Queen Mary, specifically when we were in the bow of the ship. On October 2nd, 1942, the Queen Mary accidentally sank one of the escorting ships while sailing off the Irish coast. Uh, The ship was going on a zigzag course to evade U-boats and long-range German bombers. The Queen Mary caught up with the escort cruiser, which was the HMS uh, Kirikoka. Nope. Kirikoa. Someone said Curacao. I know it's not that. Blue Curacao. Blue Curacao. That was the name of the ship. The escorting ship, the Blue Curacao. Um, they crossed each other, and the Queen Mary literally sliced through the smaller ship. And one of the Curacao seamen was said he was admiring the Queen Mary on deck when he noticed that the bow was swinging towards the cruiser. And then continued to swing directly on a collision course. Why are you laughing? I don't know. (laughs) It's just admiring something, admiring something right before disaster. I don't know why. It just made me laugh. (laughs) Okay. I got problems. Oh, my God. I'm also loopy. The Queen Mary basically then kept continuing to swing and then was directly on a collision course. And you have to remember that this was the fastest ship ever at the time. So it turned towards the escorting ship 
Did you and see it, how many knots it, it goes? You know what? I could tell you if I Googled it again. Yeah, just, just go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Also, just a little aside. The Queen Mary is 20, was 20 times bigger than the Kiriko. God, Kirikoa. Oh, that's actually a pretty decent speed. Wow. What was it at? 28 and a half knots. At maximum speed, 32 knots. For that time, yeah, that, that is actually pretty fast. So, according to NavyHistory.org, within seconds, there was a, quote, screech of twisted metal following by the hiss of steam and the screams of those injured or trapped below. The Kirikoa was cut in two with both pieces divided by 100 meters of ocean. Uh, and a lot of men on deck were thrown into the water. NavyHistory.org says, even as they surfaced, they watched in horror as the stern quickly sank, taking with it the men trapped behind the watertight doors. The other part of the ship sank soon after, leaving men in the murky water surrounded by debris, oil, and drowned or mutilated bodies. And um, the, the propeller of the Queen Mary actually chopped up a few people as it um, that's, went by. That's pretty much bound to happen. We got hundreds of people going underneath yeah that's gruesome really gruesome um and then because of the risk of a u-boat attack the queen mary was under orders not to stop under any circumstances there were 430 people on board and 339 died that makes sense those that well that at least made it into the water and didn't get chopped up or drowned um a lot of them died of hypothermia I'm stranded yes and then a couple hours later, some British boats came to pick him up. But obviously, a lot of the people most died. So the reason I remember that so much in when we were in the bow of the ship is because I remember the tour guide telling us that story and then saying that if you're in the bow of the ship, a lot of people hear like men screaming and have actually seen apparitions of sailors. That's how I remember it. Anyway, back to the rest of the story. So, World War II ends. And then on July 21st, 1947, the Queen Mary was restored. And then she began her regular passenger services across the Atlantic. That was on Keith's birthday. Keith wasn't born in 1947, but Keith's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But in case you didn't know. I was going to uh, say, Keith's looking good for his age. <laughs> Keith's looking real good for, what would he be? 75? Yeah. Um, and then on, on October 31st, 1965, the Queen Mary went on her final cruise from Southampton to Long Beach. Now, there are about 50 confirmed deaths on board. One of them is Sir Edgar Britton, um, who was one of the captains, and he died of a stroke in his cabin. Another one was William Stark, who was a first mate, and... He accidentally poisoned himself because he went to the captain's room to go drink gin. The captain told him to be like, good job, go get a drink. So um, what the captain failed to do was to tell, tell him that one of the gin bottles had laundry detergent in it. So when Stark grabbed the bottle, he drank the laundry detergent and died of poison. That is very specifically unfortunate. <laughs> That's very specifically How awful. much would it suck to just, like, just <laughs> die accidentally like that? Just casually, like, oops, I drank laundry detergent. I, I have a feeling that he, like, took a drink and was like, wow, this gin tastes weird. And then just kept drinking. Ugh. Yikes. Um, then, of course, you have all of 
the people from the HMS uh, Kirikoa, which wasn't specifically on board of the Queen Mary, but was caused by the Queen Mary. And then when we get to your your friend, uh, John, what did I say his name was? Petter? Yeah. Yeah. So John was 18 years old in 1966 when he died. He was crushed by door 13 during a watertight drill. I've seen a couple of different things that say this is why he was crushed. But I think I remember what the tour guide saying was he realized he left his wrench and basically made a really poorly timed jump. He was trying to slip through at the last minute. Yeah. And he was crushed collarbone to liver. And then um, actually, I don't know if you remember this, but they had a plaque in the isolation ward of a whole list of passengers who died on ship and their causes of death. There was a, quite a few that were from illness. Yeah, in the and that was because they were like so crowded too. During when they were transporting troops, they were like um, people were just a few feet apart. The ship was so crowded, and when every time there was sickness, it was a wave. Like a lot of people got sick all at once just because everyone was such close quarters. Yeah, good memory. So, just kind of general hauntings around the ship. I mean, because this is like one of the most like haunted spots in the entire world. So. We got a lot of those in California. <laughs> yeah. So obviously I can't give you a very in-depth thing. This is my super duper condensed version. But just general hauntings, right? Guests have reported sounds when they try to sleep, like creaking, knocking, slamming of doors, um, shadow of feet. Oh, my God. And there was like one room, too, that was like YouTube famous haunted. I'll tell you about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's room B340 which is the most haunted spot in the ship, which really should be red flags to anyone going to the already haunted that, that ship. That means, and I think they also had like premium prices for that specific room too, because so many people try to book it. But that means, yeah, if anyone wants to book the Queen Mary, book that room. That's what we're telling you to do. <laughs> I think that room goes for like $500 a night. I, I would do it. I mean, I if I had it. the money, I would do it. I but. would do it. Absolutely. Um, did you know this is I'm kind of going off topic here, but did you know that if you stay in room B340, they like leave a chest that has a Ouija board, um, tarot cards and a crystal ball. Oh, so it's like they know <laughs> they know what we're up to. They know what we want to do. And they're like, OK, let's just let them think about it. I'll just put this in front of the room. Here. Nobody really we're not telling you guys to do this, but like just just in case you wanted to, we're, we're being considerate because we know why you want this room. Like there's no other reason why someone would willingly be like yes i want to stay in this haunted room that room was actually like completely empty for like 30 years because so many people complained about how haunted it was and they actually just opened it back up in 2018 <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah ba, 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 ba. okay so people will see shadow figures appear at the end of their beds in the back of their room inside their closet looking at them it's <laughs> my nightmare i don't know how to describe a shadow figure looking at me could you see their shadow eyes i think it's just kind of like the direction of their body like you can... uh, just like how the silhouettes kind of angled yeah okay um some people say that while they're trying to sleep they'll get poked in the face <laughs> or feel like hands grab them shake them push them also in the rooms lights will turn on in the middle of the night phones will ring but there's nobody on the other end uh the faucet will turn on by itself um Your typical poltergeist stuff typical poltergeist stuff yes and the current captain of the ship said that 
one time he was knocking on a railing like ding ding so they had that response okay yes and he had the response that's pretty cool yeah i've heard stories of that before too with uh other i mean please continue but yeah, I've, I've I've heard of stuff like that before too. The, like intelligent responses. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That actually, like, they kind of get that response a lot. Like the knocking. And it, it's the not knocking universal. Back. Like everyone knows that knock. Yes. Yeah. So I was doing some research, and I found one website that claims that the Queen Mary may be home to several portals. You remember hearing anything about that? Uh, like kind of like the seven gates of hell thing. Where um, some some places that are famously haunted, they'll say that there's like a portal there because there's so much activity and it opens up to even more activity. And if people call out like even more like it, it it's like um, you'll get an intelligent response for pe- for people who are looking for it. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. OK, yeah. So one alleged portal is in a ship's boiler room around where the remains of a worker named John Henry were once found. And people also see apparitions of John Henry and a spot has been felt around the boiler room's entrance uh, close to the green room. And the green room is apparently where the spiritual energy is the highest. Another portal is, they think, is in the pool's changing room. So you're saying there's multiple multiple they think that's multiple small portals so apparently a medium apparently a medium um identified like the pool's changing room as being the center of spiritual energy on the ship which is a really weird place to have a portal yeah perverted ghost that is a really perverted ghost and then i found this really cool story which i don't know how true it is but i thought i would share it there was an employee named Bill Sauter who had an experience where he felt like he was being pulled back in time. So he said that he zoned out waiting for a tour to pass through the ship. And then when he zoned out, all of a sudden he was in the 60s. So whereas there was a sunset in Long Beach, it was now the middle of winter and there was snow on the deck in what looked like New York City on the horizon. And he said that he described feeling the depression surrounding the crew because the Queen Mary was retiring in 66. Yeah. And the crew around him knew that they would be losing their jobs soon. Hence well, they, the decom- they decommissioned the ship in 66? Yes. That was the same year that uh, the, the, the guy got crushed in the, in the door? Yes. That's that. How how unlucky are you? <laughs> that guy? Yeah, really young dude. Yes, really unfortunate. Um, and then he said it was over in a flash, and like he blinked, and he was back in Long Beach at sunset, watching the last tour of the day, moving up to the ship to greet him. And I've actually heard a few things. More specifically, I was listening to, and that's why we drink. And it was kind of an older episode, but. One of the hosts was talking about the Perrin family, which is the the Conjuring story. And oh yeah, I, f- I forgot that name. Mm-hmm. That's right. And apparently, I think Caroline, the mom, said that she was looking at her kitchen, and then all of a sudden, like her kitchen was like there were people sitting at the table. The fireplace that was not in her kitchen because it was closed up was suddenly there, and people were laughing and talking. And then a man looked at her, and then like poked at the guy next to him and pointed at her. And then she said the two men looked at her and she made eye contact with them. And then she blinked and she was, 
back in present day. So it's like they were having visions. Yes. And so it kind of like, you know, I've heard stories like that before where people like zone out and they're in another they're in a whole other time, you know, they're in the past. And then I was thinking that kind of raises the question where if they see you, are they seeing a ghost, you know, but it's you in the future? Hmm. Isn't that interesting to think about? But that was a story. Or maybe it's because they say like when some people pass on, I don't remember where I heard this from, but mm-hmm. like some spirits will get like caught in the loop and it'll be from that time. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe they'll see you and think you're a ghost. Like I, maybe they don't know they're dead or maybe I, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. I've heard that from people who get like EVPs and do paranormal investigations that they'll say things from like the events of when they were there. Right. Or like you'll see the apparition and like they're staring at a wall, but you know, when they died, that wall was actually, you know, like there were, there were things on or, it. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard that, that like some of them live in a loop and they're just living like, the events up to when they died all over again. And, you know, some are intelligent, some are oh, aware that there was, there was a word for that. I'm trying to remember what it was, what it was called. It was a uh, limbo, right? <laughs> you said limbo. And I thought a wumbo from SpongeBob. <laughs> I wumbo, you wumbo, he, she wumbos. <laughs> we all I wumbo. Think, I think that was the word, right? Limbo. I'm pretty sure it's limbo. Sure. Okay. <laughs> wumbo. Okay. Wumbo. I was saying limbo, but sure, let's just say wumbo. <laughs> it's wumbo. Let's refer to that that state of everlasting existence. It's wumbo. It's wumbo. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, okay. So, obviously, the entire ship is haunted, but some of the most specific spots are the bow of the ship, room B340, the wheelhouse, the propeller box, the engine room, and the isolation ward. So those are just some of the ones that are especially haunted. We were talking about B340 earlier. Well, let me tell you a little bit about that. So most haunted part of the ship. Um, You're in- saying they delivered Ouija boards to this room. I just watched a Ouija movie. Mo- mo- that was this morning that I saw that. See, <laughs> so headphones on and bad. everything. So I'm like sensitive bad, bad, to Ouija bad. stuff again. Yeah. And we were, we were talking about that like last episode too. We were. So here's what happened. In room B340. In the 60s, a passenger aboard the ship brutally murdered two women without any apparent reason. He was locked in the room that's now B340 while police officers were coming and there was a guard posted outside his room. The guard began to hear screaming and the guy inside was screaming that someone was trying to kill him, but the guard ignored it because he thought that the guy was just trying to escape. And then when police arrived and they opened the door to the room, they found out he was murdered. And I heard something that it it was a really gruesome murder. Well, you're saying that this guy murdered two people before they put locked them in there. Correct. My, what I'm guessing is that like someone was angry at him, someone like a loved one of one of the people he killed and he somehow snuck into that room to get revenge. That's what I'm that's what I'm guessing. I mean, I think that's entirely possible. Apparently, it was really really gruesome and while I never found anything specific because nobody talks about it, one person did say entrails and left it at that. Wait, what? Your guts. Okay. Oh, just describing okay, the gruesomeness, right? Yeah. So what happened? Nobody really knows. I think we just gave a pretty good hypothesis, but we weren't there. So, who knows? Years later, more reports of murder came in. Oh, actually, another crazy idea. Um, Sorry. Maybe he wasn't the murderer. 
maybe it was another psycho who was like, oh, this guy's taking all the credit. I am mad. This guy is my next target. But then wouldn't the psycho then be like, no, I get the glory now. I killed three people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, or maybe it was just Dexter. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> perhaps. So years later, more reports of murder came in from B340, but the Queen's Mary, the Queen's Mary, the Queen, Queen. <laughs> the Queen Mary's records are blank as to whether or not that's true, which tells me it's probably not true if it's not recorded. So reports of paranormal activity in the room date back to the 60s, which is pretty recently after uh, the murder happened. And like I told you, the room was closed for decades because people complained about the paranormal activity so much. And it just opened back up four years ago. So I wonder why. But guests feel negative energy in the room. Uh, people will complain about knocking on their door in the middle of the night. Uh, kind of same song and dance. Bathroom lights turn on by themselves. The sink will turn on and off. The bathroom door will shut. Their covers will be pulled off them while they sleep. And they wake up and there is a dark figure standing either next to their bed or at the foot of their bed. And then they also typically will hear voices around 3 a.m., either whispers or shouting or talking kind of ranges. Which if you're messing with a Ouija board in there, you should expect it. I feel like you should already expect it already, but especially if you're messing with a Ouija board. And then so there are hundreds of ghosts apparently on this ship. And I narrowed it down to the four main ones or three main ones and one other principal character. That's what I'm going to call it. So I'm going to start off with the lady in white. She oh, is another one of these. <laughs> every haunted place has to have a lady in white. There's at least one or a lady in red. Have you heard about those? I I imagine it's just a lady covered in blood. It's a lady. A, a lady in a white dress or gown or a lady covered in blood. It's one of those two things. Yeah, it's nothing else. Crap, hold on. I have a picture of her to show you. So there is the lady in white who is seen wandering the Queen's Salon, which is a first class lounge. Um, she's often seen by workers. Um, she's very motherly. She'll sing to children on board and there are a few children's spirits and... She, How many kids died on this ship, did it say? Or did you find anything like that? Um, I didn't find an exact number, but do you remember when we walked by the nursery and people were like, yeah, it's really haunted in there. Like, toys will move by themselves. You'll see, like, the rocking chair, like, going back and forth on its own. Honestly, ghost kids scare me more than other ghosts. Really? The non, non-kid ghosts. Because kids are creepy. <laughs> see, the reason that I feel a little more afraid about, like, the child ghosts is because I've heard that demons will try to disguise themselves as children so that you warm up to them and like oh, yeah. will trust it's them. So that's what scares me. Um, so the Lady in White's pretty maternal like to real children on board. Like they'll hear singing or someone holding their hand. But people have also seen this woman with I've heard spirit children. Like, I heard kind of stuff like that too with um I'll, I'll tell about this another day. Hopefully we can get Keith on board for it. Mm -hmm. But for the Whaley house there was like stories about a kid haunting the kitchen there and every once in a while someone would feel like something kind of grab onto their hands like a child's there. Go ahead. Sorry. Huh, I want to show you this picture really quick of her. Oh it was an apparition on. Yeah. Of her like in a doorway. Do you see okay, it? Okay so 
Is it this dim figure in the back or is it yes. this thing right here? It's this white thing right here. Look, she's walking to the left. Okay, because I, I was kind of thinking there was like something right there too. See, I was also kind of thinking that, but I... So um, just to describe to our audience, Kaylee's showing me uh, a picture of an apparition in, in a doorway that was caught on the ship. Yeah, and it's clearly a... Well, here's the thing. You can see like a woman walking to the left, but then also you can see a face like facing the camera right next to it. Yeah, that's, that's what that? I was initially looking at. So I don't know. So Maybe you're looking at what it. I was looking at. I mean, who knows? I really don't know. It could be two apparitions right there. It could be. So that's the lady in white. The next one is a, next one of like the most famous ghosts there is a little girl named Jackie. And she actually loves to talk to people. There have actually been several paranormal investigators who aren't even doing specifically EVPs. They just have like a camera recording and you can hear her talking back to them. So Jackie is a little girl who died at age five or six when she drowned in the ship's second class pool, which is now the Royal Theater because the second class pool was closed down and built over. You can hear her splashing. You can see little wet footprints. She'll call for her parents. Um, she responds to questions. This is terrifying. Oh, those are the most emotional EVPs you can catch is a little girl calling out, Mommy? Yeah. And I saw a video where she, like, there's a guy talking to her and she's saying, Mommy? And he goes, well, I'll help you find your mommy, Jackie. Like, can you come closer? Can you come talk to me? It, it's so creepy. She also, this is terrifying. She likes to play peekaboo from the upstairs balcony. So she'll let people see her face for a second and then she ducks down. This little girl goes plays peekaboo with people. So I saw a clip, like I said, of one paranormal investigator who talked to Jackie and this was in 2009. And this one was recorded all on camera. No like EVP recording devices. Um, the paranormal investigator says, are you okay? And you can hear a little girl say yes. And he's telling her, well, you can call me Uncle Bob. And she says, you're not my uncle. Oh, it's very intelligent responses. Yes. And those are rare, too. Those are uh, they call them class A EVPs when you yes. get very intelligent responses like that. Mm -hmm. And then he reaches into his pocket. There was candy in his pocket. And you can hear Jackie yell candy. I'll try to go back and show you the video, but I have to I have something else to show you. you, get, first. you get, send me all the links because we got we got to like post everything because this is very interesting. Yeah. Um, so that our audience, if they can, if they want to go on our website, they can just see all this stuff themselves sure. as well. I don't know if we necessarily have permission to share the EVPs, but it was on Facebook and I see it on a lot of paranormal. Well, I mean, if you websites. link, if you link them directly, you'll they'll see it on their own profile or whatever or where they shared it. Or, all right. Or was it just like a third party sharing that you were talking about? No, I think it was a first party sharing. Okay, so if you link it to them, it should be fine. Especially if they if they posted it to a public profile, it should be fine. Yeah. All right, I trust you. Yes, yeah, so just just send it to me. I'll I'll post it up. It'll they'll go to their profile directly. That's where they'll see it. Mm -hmm. So I'll show you that clip in a second. But I want to kind of get through the next spirit. That's one of the most well known. His name is Grumpy. <laughs> He kind of makes me think of Grandpa Howdy because the spirit is just pretty cranky and like gruff. Um, just a grump. Yeah. They don't know who the spirit's identity is. He growls at visitors, which sounds demonic upon first impression. But, but then, it was more of like a, uh. 
Yes. Kate. Like they're just like just in a state of annoyance. Yes. Okay. Let me let me show you. Let me show you. Because I thought like, oh, he growls at you. That's yeah, I'll scary take my headphones off. demonic. Okay. So this is. Just hold it up to your mic too if it's loud enough. <laughs> okay. Here. Let me let me turn the volume on. <laughs> that's not that is, that is not demonic. Yeah, that's a, that's a sigh of no, annoyance. But when you say like he growls at people, he's really just going like. <sighs> that's a sigh. He's like so over everyone's crap. It's like I'm a ghost. <laughs> Can you just let me rest in peace? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. So Grumpy is frequently seen with Jackie, the little girl, um, with some of the other like famous spirits on board. So he really doesn't seem like a a scary dude. He just kind of seems mad at everyone. Um, he's rumored to be in a room under the stairs near the first class swimming pool. And sometimes he apparently joins John Henry in the boiler room. That's so nice of him. And then the last one, John Petter, the 18 year old who was crushed to death in door 13. I don't know if this nickname is tasteless or clever, but they call him half hatch Harry. Oh, <laughs> I think the only ghosts that want to be remembered for how they died will be like the ones on Harry Potter. Like the half, yeah, the half headless, the house Nick. ghost, yes, yeah. nearly headless, no, Nick. nearly headless Nick. Yes, that was that was the first thought that came to that's mind. That's what this is, half hatch Harry. There you go. <laughs> he's he's the Ravenclaw, <laughs> the Ravenclaw ghost. But apparently, you can see him pretty frequently, like full body apparitions of him wearing his coveralls. He walks through the door, and he will leave greasy handprints, and he also will like pull on your hair. He'll walk just right by you. It's like he's doing his job. So that's fun. You want to see the the clip of Jackie? Yes. <laughs> yes. The video is Jackie the Queen Mary ta taking ghost child with supporting evidence. <laughs> uh, okay. The, the clip is five minutes long. So I got Wow. Over 15 minutes of EVP. That is an intelligent spirit. Yeah, they just kind of highlighted the... Because usually EVPs... For most most EVPs that were ever caught, there would be far and few responses. People will put like hours of effort into like just a few seconds of responses. Fifteen minutes—that is insane. Yeah, they don't show all fifteen minutes. They kind of like condense. Yeah, they probably got all the like all the important bits. But even still, it's just like that's that's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work. It's not letting me fast forward. That's fine. You're okay. not my uncle. <laughs> You hear that girl? Probably had to put a marker in here because I got to cut all this out. Probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. There were that was loud enough to have echoes. But listen, they also show like in the audio, like there's oh, hold on. did you hear her she said yep. you're not my uncle <laughs> yeah and where jackie talks there's a flit of flat waveform i wanted to skip forward to the part where she yells candy but there's a lot of like <laughs> text in the interim i could i should probably message these guys and be like hey if you want to send me the audio i could try to enhance it to see where the frequency is like i'm probably going to come off sounding like a nerd here but like I can probably enhance EVPs to where you can hear them much clearer. I mean, that was loud. Like you can hear mm -hmm. just from your basic. What was this a phone camera? 
No, this was well. Or is no, a video camera? Even video still, camera. it's it's a visual formatting device. You have to have really good mics usually to pick up stuff like that. It's actually really cool that they're just picking it up on a normal camera like that. Because these these EVPs, like you can hear it, they're loud enough to cause see? echoes. Well, this was in two thousand nine, and this is one of the most famous like EVPs of Jackie. Dang it. It's not an EVP. This is one of the most famous recordings of Jackie. Oh, and then there's this person in 91. He got this on a TV show for his TV show. He also caught Jackie. It's the same voice. Okay, so different investigator, same voice? Yes, listen. Okay. I don't know if that's the same voice. I think it's the same voice. Just keep listening. She said no. I heard I heard two voices. Okay, I, I'm hearing something. Mm-hmm. That yep, that's her. Yep. So that's but there, there was a, there was another voice there. She wasn't the only one that responded. Well, you know what? There's also like supposed to be. I didn't write this down, but like one of the alleged deaths is like of a a girl named Sarah. So they think Jackie and Sarah hang out with each other. Um, Was it another child or? Yeah. Okay. So that could be her. Um, There's also was apparently a little boy who fell overboard near where the pool is. So people say that he haunts the doorway, but I didn't get any confirmed anything from that. Um, but yeah, that's Jackie. She's like the most active one out of all of them. Like she will intelligently talk to you, which I think is pretty amazing considering like if she died there when she was five or six, you know, like she's really smart for a little girl. Like she's really able to interact with people, you know, that's very rare to have very intelligent, consistent responses like that. Mm hmm. Because uh, a lot of the times, even if it's consistent, it won't be. It won't be an intelligent response, but sometimes it'll be intelligent, but it's not going to be consistent. It'll be like far and few in between. Right. And that's my my shindig on the Queen Mary. Ding, ding. And we're back from the intermission. Intermission. Yeah. So uh, Kaylee's finished up with her story in the Queen Mary mm-hmm. and it's my turn. I'm going to be talking about something that I sort of meant to bring in last week. Um, and well, we had the submission. I decided to go with that instead, but I'm presenting it this, this week and I could not find really any sources on the story. This is a story I remembered reading over a decade ago. So this is just going to be one really long, trust me, bro, but I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, okay. Yeah. No sources. And if I could ever find it, I will post it. I will share it. I don't know why I wasn't able to find it because it was such a memorable story. It was a good story. There well, was a, where'd you hear it? I'm pretty sure it was on coasttocoastam.com, but I, I went on there and I couldn't find it there either. I'm not sure what happened there. That was a missed opportunity to say from your mom. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please go I, no, ahead. <laughs> no, I have to live with the regret. You're right. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, I'm going to tell you about the thin man. The thin man? That's, that's what I'm calling it. That's what I'm calling this creature. Like... Slender Man? 
Yeah, honestly, it gave me a lot of Slenderman vibes. Like when I initially, I mean, when I initially read it, Slenderman wasn't really a thing yet. But getting back to it, it really is very similar to Slenderman on some aspects, but not, well, maybe on appearance, but that's about it. Also, it reminded me of a video um, that I thought was really interesting, creepy, but it was, um, it is 100% fake. But Project Blue Book, I don't know if you ever heard about that. That sounds familiar. The 1964 Evolutionary Descendant interview. So it was like a video where it was um, it was black and white, mm-hmm. and it was like the government captured this alien creature, and they were asking it questions. And it turns out it wasn't an alien. He was from Earth, and from what the alien describes, he has actually traveled through space and time from the future. And he says that he's an evolutionary descendant of humans. And he gave a lot of very, really cool... Some of the responses seemed pretty philosophical, but it was um, it was a really good video in general. And you said it was you, fake? It is fake, but I would highly recommend watching it. Project Blue Book 1964 Evolutionary Descendant Interview. That is the name of this video. Um, it was it was good. Too. Um, if you can get past the creepiness of the interview, because it is a very creepy video in general... Um, if you look at the aliens' responses or whatever to uh, everything that they're asking, it's actually like very interesting. But anyways, getting into this More story stuff. that I am pulling again, this is a trust me bro from over 10 years ago. It, it, I will share the sources if I can ever find it because I was looking for hours trying to find it because it is a good story. This So it was posted by someone who was telling his, from his personal experiences and this happened somewhere near Puyallup, Washington, in a somewhat suburban area. Not in Puyallup, somewhere around Puyallup. That's very specific. Okay. Yeah, Washington. That's There's a lot of green there. Everything's green. Yeah, right. you remember that, listener. And this was somewhere around 2002. There are a lot of woods around, you know, there's the suburbs out and um, not like in the cities or anything. It's like kind of on the edge of a town or whatever. Like the Twilight House? Yeah. <laughs> so... 11-year-old kid named John, and this is his actual name. He is not a John Doe. This is the name of the poster. Pretty certain. So, starting the story. John and his friends would generally play out in the woods, and they would play hide-and-seek. It was just the kind of neighborhood. It was that kind of time. They weren't really worried about, like, kids just being out and about. They're just, you know, kids having fun. His best friend was a kid named Ben. That was one of the neighbors. And it wasn't uncommon for them to play out at night or on the weekend or during the summer. And um, John recalls an experience that he had. He woke up to a loud knocking at his door, looked at his watch or or his clock or whatever. So it was about 1130. Mm -hmm. So it was that night. These kids play out late. He thought he heard Ben's voice. We're doing hide and seek. Wake up. He thought he dreamed it. Because it's late at night, and it's, I mean, it's not—it's not too unusual. These kids played out a lot late at night during the summers and weekends or whatever. There was another knock at the door. Thought he was dreaming. He's not dreaming. And he heard several kids call out his name, mm-hmm. John, John. Say, okay, hold up, wait a sec. John replies, "I have a feeling it is not the kids." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that. So, John was sleeping in his jeans and a t-shirt. So he puts on his shoes, and goes to the bathroom. And he runs to the door and he opens it. And he was out of the front door. There's no one there. He looks at his watch and it was midnight. And he was like, hmm, 30 minutes? Didn't feel like it was that long, you know? It's just a, like he just got up. It was 1130. Yeah. Well, it was just like, whatever. Okay. He hears knocking. 
from the back door. John, come this way. He thought he heard his friend Ben's voice. And so like, okay, I guess they're out back. And on the backside of these houses, it was, um, it was fairly normal for them to play out hide and seek because like all the houses, so there were no fences. And in the back of all these houses, it was just woods. Just to give a brief description of what it was like. It was a little bit of open area and woods. You would tell me that. <laughs> so you're kind of seeing where this is going already. Nothing good happens in the woods. Well, except these kids play in hide and seek. This is, again, a normal thing for these kids. And so John didn't really think too much about all that. So in this area, yeah, yeah. Um, as, as I said, it was through no, no fences, just woods, various sheds, and random furniture and play areas. So John heads toward the back door, but he notices the light wasn't on, and he looks out the window, and it was just pitch black dark. Mm. So he was like calling out. It's like, Ben, where are you? You know, several kids responded. We have flashlights. Grab your flashlight and come with us. And this is something he's done before. He has a flashlight. Okay. So <laughs> John turns on the backlight because this is where he's hearing the voices come uh, from. And he looks around and he wasn't seeing anything. Okay. Okay. So again, bear in mind, exploring around the dark is something that these kids actually do. Okay. <laughs> so these are these are kind of weird kids, but it's... This, what I, all I'm saying is this is normal for him. This so is far. a recipe for something spooky. Yeah, so they like to play hide and seek and go out in the dark. And the only thing that was unusual for this moment is that John has no idea where these kids are and expected to see someone by now. So that's the only thing that's weird that John is not thinking too much about it yet. But John grabs his flashlight and he gets his spare batteries because that was something that is uh, his dad taught him to do was to be practical and have backups and so you know he's going he goes around with the batteries in his pocket not weird just kids hanging out at night time with spare batteries and flashlights for the record totally not weird not got it weird john says where are you guys i thought you were near my house and here's ben again come this way follow my voice uh, no yeah mm, we no, have no, a, no 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 we no, have no. a new game to play but you need to see this so John walks out from his house and steps toward the edge of the woods where he hears the other children's voices call out to him. And then he hears a click, 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 like a clicking sound. Oh, and no. He was, like, he was like very confused. Like, what is that coming from? What These are the woods. Is there a machine somewhere? You know, he was like looking at his watch before stepping into the woods. So this is where he first starts to get very confused because he looks at his watch. Remember when he saw his watch, it was midnight. Right. And he's looking at his watch again right now. And uh-huh. that's 1145. And he was like, that? But, mm. Yeah. So his, his watch went back. He's thinking he's just maybe, maybe he's just like not fully awake. Maybe is just, he just thought he saw it was, that it was past midnight. But his watch is back at 1145. And he's like, mm, that's a little weird. That's the only time he started like actually thinking about the time. And he heard another click sound. He's like, where's that coming from? But gets distracted from that again. Hurry up, John. Ben calls out. Okay, I'm coming out. I just can't see where you guys are. Very reasonable response. John steps into the woods. And this is where your story starts. So, yeah, John steps into the woods. He walks down a trail for maybe a solid minute. And then he starts to see another kid come into view. Ben? They think, no, it's not Ben. It's some other kid. And the kid says, he's over here. He starts to jog off into the woods with his flashlight and he calls out, come on, John. And John says, wait up. And he starts jogging after this kid. He's chasing this kid. This random uh, kid was probably another one of their friends. He okay. starts running into the forest. But then the kid starts to run faster. 
and faster. So the kid's like running off in the woods and like John's chasing after him. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's like getting weirder and weirder. So John couldn't keep up because his kid was just like running faster and faster and faster. And then the kid seemed to vanish. John lost track of him and he ran out into another open area and the kid was just gone. So, yeah. So the, the kid just, just gone, just vanished, ran out into an open area. And uh, there was an area with a stream running through it. And could you believe that I could remember this much detail? Because I, 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 I actually remember, can. I, I remember enjoying the story so much. That's why I remember it. So all of a sudden, John, so he's in this open area. He starts to feel really tired. And it was, wasn't like his normal tiredness. Like he woke up and he had an adrenaline rush. He was running, right? So he had an adrenaline rush. He's wide awake. Yeah. But then he was like, when he ran in this open area, he was just like overwhelmingly exhausted. And it just felt really off that he would just wanted to fall asleep out of nowhere again. And he was like, guys, I can't do this. I'm going to go back to bed. I, I don't know where anyone is. Where are you guys? You know, he was like very confused. He was like looking because he hears, hears all the other kids calling out toward him. Does John know where he is? I guess you're just that, recalling a story. That's, that's, <laughs> I think he has an idea where he's at right here. So, He's out in the open, right, in this area that he's probably been here before because he uh, he remembers how to get to the stream. He's been, to, I think he's been in the stream before. Right. But um, he's out in this open area. He, the kid vanishes, right? And he hears the, the clicking sound again. There's a click, 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 click. Like it's like a machine clicking. That's so unsettling. Yeah. And he's like, what, what is that sound? This is the first time he's like openly acknowledging it. What is that sound? Where are you? And John looks at his watch again no way that this could be right it's like no this can't be right he's looking at his watch and it was 2 20 a.m what like, yeah he was like like i thought maybe i didn't see it the first time but this doesn't make any sense why is the time so drastically different he's only been running out here for a few minutes yeah and it was several hours later you know and he got startled by a voice that he did not recognize at this <laughs> I, point so I just he, remember he, the title of the story is The Thin Man. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So he's by himself out here. There's no other kids. There's another voice, someone that was not anyone that he knows. And the voice came out very deep and distorted. Mm. It almost sounded like another language. But through the context, John was able to recognize what the voice was saying. And this was in response to what he was saying. What is the sound? Where are you? And the, the, what this voice responded was, I like corn. That was me. I'm over here. So John looks up and he sees a very strange silhouette. Silhouette. How do you say that word? Silhouette. This is silhouette. Silhouette. Did you hear what I said? What'd you say? You're like, and the voice said, and then I said, I like corn. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> so John looks up after the voice said, that was me. I'm over here. I like corn. <laughs> there was a strange silhouette of a man that he initially had thought was a small tree. Oh, oh, yeah. no, so, no, 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 so no, 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 no. So now I'm to describe what this, what this person looks like. It was a very tall man, like unnaturally tall, supernaturally tall. He was like Mariah Carey. He was sitting over a large rock and he thought that this was a tree. And his limbs and abdomen were probably only as wide as like a normal sized man who would be like, you know, as tall as I am or like maybe around six feet tall. Mm -hmm. But the thing was this man, he, he said he stood over 10 feet. He was about 11 feet tall, like really tall, mm. like a small tree tall. So he was sitting on this rock and he stood up and he looked disproportionately thin for how tall he was. I'm telling you, this is the origin story so, of Mariah Carey. 
How tall is she? I don't know. Have you seen those Mariah Carey memes where it's like she's skinny? Like you, like you want to be skinny like Mariah Carey? I have never heard. <laughs> I was like so confused when you initially said that. I was like, what are you talking about? You're like, I'm just going to ignore her. I don't know what she's saying. Look, <laughs> Mariah Carey skinny. See? Okay, that is... <laughs> Okay. Uh, just okay. Just send that. Send, send that to me. I'll put it on the website. I'll just. I'll just put that. This is the thin man. I'm just gonna say like our episode looks four like a without Blair context. Witch, like voodoo stick ornament <laughs> <She's> thing. <laughs> okay. Talking about the thin man. Eleven feet tall and very disproportionately skinny for how tall he is. Mm-hmm. He was. He looks like I guess like one of those people or one of the um the titans from uh, Attack on Titan. Oh, like ew, a, like ew, one, ew, ew, yeah, ew. like a smaller titan who's like really skinny. Yeah, yeah, ew. that's what he kind of looks like as far as his shape goes. So John obviously was overwhelmed with fear. The thin man seemed to be about twenty yards away when he first spoke, but John just kind of blinked, and the thin man was right in front of him, towering over. Only a second seemed to pass, and it was like the world started to distort around John. So he kind of fell in this like dreamlike trance. It was very weird. It was like a, it wasn't like he was fully, like remember he was full, really exhausted. So it's, he's, he's being more confused by what he's seeing. This really tall man near him. And aside from that, just everything is distortion. Nothing was clear. It was all a very strange blur. It was like a clear blur, but it was a blur. And this is kind of a funny detail that I, I still remember this. The, the thin man was wearing a blue suit. So that's something else. I, right. Fashionable? Yeah, like before he just saw a silhouette, when he was up close, he was wearing a blue suit. And that was the only thing that John can recall. Because from what he says, when he tried to recall his face, he couldn't remember it. Like he remembered seeing it. But when he tries to remember what the face looks like, even when he's thinking of it, the face will distort and everything will blur out. He cannot remember anything about um, how he looked. And he says when he thinks he does remember what what he looks like, he thinks he's seeing the face of an owl. That's how he described it. Oh. Yeah. You, you, know what I, you know what I'm talking about? The owls with the large eyes? Yes. And he, that's, that was another thing that he specifically pointed out. And I, I'm saying that even though these are my notes that I wrote about this. So, yeah, he'll, he'll think about the face. And when he thinks he has it, it's like an owl staring down at him. The eyes were large and black. But then when he tries to remember the eyes themselves, it's like the whole face just goes blank. So... Even his active memory will distort to prevent him from remembering what it looked like. That was how he described it. If he tried to remember, his memory would avoid him. It was like like his brain waves are like being changed. So Casey, very strange. From the bottom of my heart, I can genuinely tell you that you find the most fucked up stories to tell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so the th- when the thin man spoke finally, he says. Do not be afraid. Kind of like how like the weird looking, oh, sure. crazy looking um, Bible angels. Remember, they have like multiple faces yes. and weird. Don't be afraid. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, let so, me just stop doing that right now. Okay, so the thin man says, do not be afraid. Your friends are not here. That doesn't make me feel better. No one is here. This will not make sense. But even you are not here right now. I will not harm you. And... John recalls that his voice seemed to constantly be changing. Remember, initially it was deep and distorted, Mm -hmm. but when John tries to remember what his voice sounded like, it was kind of like how he remembered his face. The voice would constantly change to where John couldn't remember what 
what he sounded like. Mm-hmm. He just remembered exactly what he was saying. Yeah. He could not clearly remember what the true voice sounded like. John says, I don't understand. And John was frozen from exhaustion and fear, and it was all like a dream. He felt like he would not be able to run if he tried. So kind of like, like remember when you, if you try to run in your dreams from like whatever monster or nightmare is chasing you, you just can't run. Your feet will move, but you're not going anywhere. Yeah. That's what John felt was going on with him. It was like he was asleep. And he said, so John says, what do you want? And the thin man kneeled and he was hunched over mm-hmm. to the point where he was face to face with John. His face was clouding and distorting, even in John's memory as he was describing it. The thin man says, this is an experiment. I only need to ask you a few questions. And John recalls the thin man introducing himself in his name, but even the name itself clouds from memory as well as the thin man just then explains. I am blank. You will not remember this name. You will remember this discussion, though, word for word. Why? Yeah, very weird things going on here, huh? Why? So the thin man says, I have three questions to ask you, and in return, I expect three questions from you, and then I will let you go. That kind of seems like a lot. Like, hey, I know you're really scared right now, but I'm going to ask you three questions, and then you have to ask me three questions. So yeah, very strange entity. Like he was saying, he was not looking to harm John. Going through the rest of the story, it's going to be hard to describe what the Thin Man actually is because it ranges between aliens and demon. So John's heart was pounding and he wanted to scream, but he was just so exhausted, now disoriented and very confused. He wasn't able to fathom anything that was going on. He wasn't able to fathom his situation. Mm -hmm. All he remembers are the blurs and the best he can explain it is all distortions. The only thing that he can very clearly remember is the silhouette and the discussion. The silhouette. Silhouette? No, don't pronounce the who. Silhouette. 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 Okay. I ain't bad at words. Nasa and silhouette. (sighs) You know, (laughs) you're not the only one that like makes fun of me for like pronouncing words wrong. Like Rosemary calls me out on this all the time. Casey, listen, we have a podcast, okay? Now it's my job. I know. I used to have a stuttering problem, too, and I am working past that, and I feel like I'm doing pretty decently there. So going on. I have three questions to ask you, and in return, I expect three questions from you, and then I will let you go. And all John could muster through his confusion and disorientation was, okay. So the thin man asks, first question, who gave you your name? And John replies, my parents. Is this real? Is that a real question? Mm-hmm. And the thin man says, very good. What? I think he was trying to gauge if John was conscious of being able to give him an intelligent response. Second question. Where do you believe you are right now? And John says, in the woods, I think. This doesn't make any sense. And then the thin man replies, that's what I expected you to say. You are not in the woods, but you will be. You do not exist at the moment. You are outside of time and space. The third question is going to be the weirdest one. Third question, do you know of Lucifer? What is why it's like you don't know if this is like alien or demonic. I feel like it has to be demonic then. It has to be, but I'm going to continue through the, um, the dialogue. So John says he's the devil, right? 
So the thin man gave it a moment. The thin man says he is the god of my people, not humanity. If you aren't already aware, I am not human. And the thin man says, would you like to come to know him? John gave no. a simple response. I would not. Sorry, this sounds like the worst evangelist ever. It's, yeah. Or maybe the best. You know, I will scare you into worshiping my God. Yeah. That, who it, is Satan? I, I couldn't even imagine like myself, even at, as a 29 year old being in this situation. I'd be, I, I don't even know if I'd be able to like speak. I would. Like, imagine this 11 year old kid talking to this giant entity who's asking him about the devil. Yeah. Would, so no so the thin man stands up once again, standing, towering over John because he's he's a giant. He's like three times John's height. John glanced at the thin man's hand. And this is something that John can remember. He noticed that were they were the only part of his body that were proportionate to the rest of him for the um, for his height. They were human like outside of the fact that they were pale white and enormous. So they had giant hands. Okay. The thin man walked toward a tree and he started to walk up the tree, like just casually walking up the tree, like the rules of gravity. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, just, you know. Well, I mean, they don't exist. The so. rules of gravity don't exist. I mean, they're outside of time and space is what the thin man said. Yeah. And he sat on the branch in the tree and he invited John to sit on a large rock that was next to the tree. So the thin man says, don't fall asleep or run or you will never return. Please sit and ask your three questions. So the, th the thin man asked his three questions. Now it's John's turn. And th this one I think you might find funny. So John sits and his first question is, can I ask about anything? He wasn't like <laughs> thinking about it. And the thin man says, yes. Two questions left. <laughs> that first question, total waste, whatever. So John saw the thin man was serious. He took a minute to think about like bigger questions. Uh huh. John says, what happens after I die? Ooh. You know what? Big question for an 11-year-old. And then he heard that clicking sound again. The thin man started clicking and everything started to distort more. So there's like his memory was like blurring at this moment a lot. Ooh. But then he, he, the conversation punches through and he remembers the words that the thin man says. We are all one in separations. You will experience all life. You have experienced all life. We are instanced as different beings, but we are the same. Life and death are illusions of your reality. Very weird response. And John admits to this day that he never fully understood that response. He thinks it was truthful as far as like what the thin man was trying to explain to him. But he wasn't sure you know, what to make of that. Yeah. It sounded like, you know, reading something philosophical out of a book. The thin man says, you have one more question. And John only had one more in mind, which this is what I would have asked, what are you? Yeah. Now, from what John remembers of the distortions, he didn't remember what it looked like, but from what he says is he could remember that the thin man smiled. So he remembers that the smile was there. He just doesn't remember, you know, the face or what the smile looked like. Yeah. He knows that the thin man started to smile Ooh. when he asked, what are you? The thin man says, in short, a scientist. And an envoy, 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 in short, a scientist <laughs> and, and an envoy of my species. You will not find this on your own in this universe as we generally do not exist. We are outside of time and space. I will allow you to return home. You will remember every word of this conversation. 
And John realizes his eyes were closed when he wakes up. He was laying in the grass in the woods. And he looks... So he, and the light was starting to come out. It was like very dim lighting. So uh-huh. It wasn't like pitch black anymore. Mm-hmm. He looks at his watch. So he had fallen asleep. His little watch said it was 630 in the morning. And he goes back home. He walks through the woods. He comes back home. And uh, I guess um, I, I must have been tired because I did not write the, the rest of this. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell the rest of the story. Okay. Okay. So John walks back home. And this is why I was very confused that I couldn't find any articles on this. But he goes in through the back door. And he sees his dad sitting at the kitchen table and is like, morning. And his dad was in shock. And he was like, where have you been? It was like, I was out in the woods all night. And he's like, but you were gone for two weeks. Two weeks? That, that was the craziest part of the story. The time distortions, from what John thought, it was all just overnight. Oh. But he was missing for two weeks. What the fuck? And what he thinks is what happened is that he got abducted. He thinks he was, but he remembers from what the thin man was saying, he was outside of time and space. Mm-hmm. That's what the thin man said. And he, John thought this whole time he was kidnapped by an alien that worships the devil. That's, that's like what his best thought of, of what he could make of all of this. And that's why I was so confused because I remember being able to read about this before and I couldn't find any news articles on this. This was in Washington. And this is an area too, by the way, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of UFO sightings. Really? There's a lot of UFOs. Like, just look up um, UFO sightings in Washington. Mm-hmm. And um, I looked up abductions and I couldn't find anything. All I could find was UFO stuff. There was nothing about an abduction up in Washington. And that's why I was so confused trying to find this story. I remember, like, a, all the details of this because you, you could tell by how much I wrote down. Like, yeah. This, is, this was posted by someone who was sharing a personal experience. Uh-huh. Um. And he didn't, I don't think he called him the thin man. This is what I'm calling it. It was based off of how he described him. He was a very tall humanoid um, entity that was in the woods. A very simple description, yet very terrifying. So 11 foot, 11 feet tall, very thin, very enormous hands and very, um, very reminiscent of Slender Man too. Yeah. Because that's like, that was definitely what came to mind. When Slender Man became the thing. <sighs> but that was, I'm calling it the Thin Man because that's, that's I think that's an appropriate name for this ent- uh, entity. I don't remember what John actually called him. He gave him the name, but that, that name he couldn't remember. And it was told to him that he will not be able to remember that name. Yeah. It was wiped from his memory. His, his, his actual, like, his visual and, audi- and auditory memories from that night, they were all distorted. So he can... He remembers the the silhouette of what he saw. He remembers the um, the conversation. He just doesn't remember the details mm-hmm. of the voice mm-hmm. and the, the facial features. Um, wow, that wasn't that long of a story, right? I, I think I, I kept that at an appropriate pace. I think so. Yeah. So let's let's close it off. That was the thin man, everyone. Um, look him up and please share that with me if you could find it because. I really want to find that source uh, for that because I very distinctly remember that story and I can't find any information on it. John, are you listening? John, please reach out to me if you listen to this. Not, I mean, I'm John? not keeping my Hello? hopes up. Um, and I'll close off. Yep. Hold on, we have three new likes. Hold on, who liked our stuff on Instagram? I haven't posted anything in a while. It's your boy Alejandro 
liked our reel. And Purple Slug X2 liked our reel. Well, you know what? Thanks. Oh, um, Orphan Stomper uh, DM'd me on Reddit and said, thanks for sharing his story. Yay! He wasn't. Um, so that, was, that was from episode uh, two? Episode three. Episode three. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, what was his name? Jake? Yeah, Jake. Orphan Stomper. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and do our plugs. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Casey. Your really messed up, scary story. You can find us on Instagram at Hitchhiker's Guide to Horror. You can access our website at Hitchhiker's Guide to Horror.com. Drop a voicemail. Drop a voicemail. Casey really wants you to. Please, someone, leave a voicemail. Casey needs it. And Casey, what's our Reddit? Subreddit r slash guide to horror. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to Horror at gmail.com if you want to email us. So... Um, if you leave a comment on our website, it'll automatically notify us. Well, no, I mean, if if you notify us on literally any social media, it I see the emails of it and I will respond. I will read everything. I swear, I am pretty obsessed with keeping proper response to the the very few that we've had so far. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So share your stories, leave your comments, leave a voicemail. I don't care if you prank call us. Just be heard and we will uh, read off everything and have you have a high chance of having your story shared because not very many people share stories. We're um, still newbies. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening. To the loop.